Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to the podcast show On Your Way to Work. We're the only show that talks to you, the worker on the workplace floor, about the things you need to do, the path you need to take for career progression, however you define that. And the thing that I want to talk to you about today is walking in the job is just as, if not more important than actually doing the job. Let me say that another way. You can be as good as the best person around at doing a job, but there are certain intangibles that will kill your reputation, image, perception, whatever you want to call it. There are certain things that you do as you do the job that can really hinder your career progress. You see, talent is not the only requirement for the job. An extremely crucial component to advancing your career is how you walk in the job. Your response to a variety of situations and people weaves together your professional image. That image is always discussed during talent conversations by business owners and decision makers and managers at tables you never get to sit at. And these things are intangibles. They're not tangible, so I can't give you a one-worder. I guess I could if I thought deeply about it. But let me tell you this. Everybody knows them when they see them, including you. Most importantly, including the the decision makers who will determine uh, how quickly you move through or progress through your career path. So instead of giving you one worders for those, I'm just going to ask a random number of questions. Not going to be a long show. This is really off the cuff, but these things matter. And so consider the, the following questions. One, how do you handle no? Not just no in general, but when you really see something that you'd like to do or you could do better or you have an idea about how to improve something at work or whatever the situation, when you are really passionate, when you are really excited, when you are really, really gung-ho on going down a certain direction at work in the workplace to do something or if you're a part of an organization and, you know, whatever – If you're really excited and then the decision maker says no, how do you handle that? That is an intangible that is priceless to your career or deadly to your career. Do you show and respond 
in frustration or impatience? Do you pull out the butt machine gun? You know what I'm talking about? But, 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 I know, but, 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 but. How you handle no is a huge intangible to your career. Number two, this is a big one. How do you handle you're not ready? I've talked about this one on a show before. I think I've alluded to this anyway. But how do you handle the you're not ready? That is a huge one. I have at times throughout my career miserably struggled with handling the you're not ready yet. And that has been early in my career, midways through my career, lately in my career. This is just a tough one. The best of us keep it internal, (laughs) but it is hard to deal with the you're not ready yet. Particularly when that question or when that response follows a question of you asking for something. Maybe it's for an opportunity to do a larger project. Maybe it's for a different job or a larger job. Maybe it's for a job that's completely different from the field you do today. And although you've got a lot of the soft qualities that will allow you to do them, you haven't really had the experience to do it. How do you handle the you're not ready yet? That is a tough one. And I'm just going to tell you this. The way you handle that will help your career or hinder your career. Number three, how do you handle correction or tough coaching? Man, this is a big area. There's going to come a point in your career, in your life, right, in general, there's going to come a point when you do something wrong. It's a little easier when you know you've done something wrong. It's a little tougher when you don't know you've done something wrong. It's even worse when you know you've done something that strays off the beaten path, but you really believe it was the right thing to do. Either situation, how do you handle tough correction and coaching? Very important. And the way you handle that will determine how far you move forward in your career and how quickly. Number four, how do you handle more work without more pay over a good period of time? How do you handle that? Here's one thing that I've learned in over a couple decades of being in the workplace. Are you ready? Progression. Advancement, promotion, those things are a symptom. They're not the thing. They're a symptom of doing more over a longer period of time. They're a symptom of better quality, contributing more without more money. Money always follows hard work. Money doesn't produce hard work. Hard work produces money. And so how you handle more without more pay is really important over the long term in your career. Listen, you can get by on any of these topics over a couple, two, three, four year period, five year period. But hey, listen, if according to 
the Bureau of Labor Statistics, if your average working life is going to be more than 40 years, five years is nothing. Ten years is really nothing. So how do you handle more work without more pay coming along with it initially? Number five, do you tend to verbalize your complaints, your frustrations, your aggravations, and your impatience? I will be the first to tell you that I get aggravated a lot. I get frustrated a lot. I am impatient a lot. I want things right. I want things perfect. I want to win. And I just get frustrated a lot. But the question is, how often do you verbalize those things? A frustration, an aggravation, impatience, those things are fine inside of you. But when you start verbalizing and bringing those things to life in the outside world, people hear you doing those things all the time. That is an intangible that that sets a building block in your in your career, um, your professional image, the perception of you that is pretty negative. Number six, do you put the team first or yourself first? That one kind of goes without saying. But do you put the team before you? That's kind of akin to another question. How often do you use the I word versus the we word? Is it all about you? And in the conversations around the workplace, on the team, when you're in meetings, is it more I did, I did, I did, I did? And even if you did, are you instead saying this is what we've accomplished? This is how we're going to win. This is how we've contributed. This is what the team did that made us win. Or is it this is what I did. And this is how I helped the team win. And these are the things that I did that, that are going to help us win big time. I mean, you can make that same statement by saying, here's how we're going to win big time. This is what we've done. Right. Same word. The only difference is you're somewhat out of the equation for getting the glory. But listen, everybody around you in the workplace, you guys are together nine to five or seven to seven or whatever the schedule is every day, Monday through Friday, typically. Everybody in the workplace is kind of like family. You know who does what. All right. In, in my house, if somebody drank the last bit of the lemonade and left just a tiny swallow in the fridge, and I'm not saying any names, but in my house, we all know who did that. Workplace is the same way. Don't kill yourself for credit and glory. People know who do the work in the workplace. More like family than you think. Another question that's pretty close to that. Is it more important in a meeting or on a conference call to explain your position? Or is it more important for you to understand where others are coming from? This one is a dirty one. This one's ugly. I have seen so many people, whether it's on a conference call and meetings and something's going wrong, and there's always that person that spends a ton of time explaining why it's not their fault. They're defensive and they're saying, I told them and I did this and a long time ago I said this and nobody listened and this is this. I, 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 I did this and I, 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 I did my part and 
you know, this isn't my fault. This is, you know, have you met people like that? Oh, man, that is a ugly one. It's an ugly one because you appear very defensive. Nobody wants to work with a person that's defensive. Why? Because the defense mechanism is akin to fighting. If I'm talking to you and you throw up a defense, there's just the tendency for the person in front of you to defend back. And when everybody puts up fences, nothing gets through, which means the workplace is sabotaged because nothing gets done. Next question, number nine. Do you always fast talk over others? I call these verbal collisions. I may have said that on the show before. But do you always find yourself, you're t someone's talking and then you start talking and you guys are running into each other? Like, do you do that a lot? Like with multiple different people? Like, do you and and Tom and, and Jerry and Susie and Micah and Bobby and Lisa, uh, do you always find yourself running into verbal collisions with all of those folks? Where you're talking and they're talking? Just might say it's more about you getting heard, getting your point across than hearing others. Do you fast talk over others? Verbal collisions. Number 10, and I think this is, uh, this is a good number for you to think about. Do you always appear overly eager, zealous, always raising your hand with the answer, always speaking up on every subject? You might just appear to be someone that wants to be heard all the time. And I would just say be very careful. That is one of those intangibles that kind of rub folks the wrong way. So what are all of these questions that I'm asking? And notice I'm not giving you answers. They're just questions. But these are intangible things that really matter. These are, they may be verbal, they may be physical, they may be mental, these are just simply cues that people are looking at and how you respond. And your response weaves together this fabric called your image, how you're perceived by others in a professional setting, how you're perceived in a workplace setting, how you're perceived. And honestly, I mean, it's not just career advice. This is life advice. This applies in your personal life as well. So how do you handle the no? How do you handle that you're not ready yet? How do you handle correction or tough coaching? Because those things signify maturity or the need to mature. How do you handle more work without more money? And... Do you tend to verbalize your complaints and frustrations and aggravations and impatience? Because those things right there, those things will determine how you deal with difficulties. And it's really hard to advance or outgrow your space at work when you cannot deal with difficulties. And then... Do you put the team first or yourself first? Do you use I or more than you use we? And is it more important to be heard or for your position to be explained than it is to understand others? 
Are you hearing to respond, said another way, versus listening to understand? Those things will determine whether or not folks view you as a team player or someone who's sincere and genuine and really care about the folks around you. Then the last two questions that I shared, do you always fast talk over others? Are there always verbal collisions and do you appear antsy and anxious to be a part of every conversation and are you always raising your people are always watching those things and those two questions those things may paint the picture that you're a glory hound and most folks don't trust glory hounds most folks think those are people that don't care now listen don't live in a glass house what i am not telling you is to find yourself warped and lost in trying to please and or be something for others. But listen very clearly. You are always writing your commercial. You are always selling something about yourself. And people are always writing and remembering what you sold. And a lot of times, because we're human and we're creatures of habit, a lot of times we don't realize what we're writing and what we're saying. And these intangibles can kill you. And so what do you do about this? Just a couple things. First, always take a temperature check with someone You trust people who know you, they know you and you should always bounce opinions off of them. You know, there is this uh, scripture in the Bible that I love and it says there is safety in a multitude of counselors. Man, I'm telling you, don't try to be a know it all and a do it all. There are a lot of people who have walked down the path you've walked or who are walking in the path that you're walking in. And these people can tell you the answers to the mistakes you're making that they've made. They can tell you if you're on the right road or if you're veering to the left or right. So take a temperature check from people you can trust. Secondly, Get over yourself. If someone's saying you have a trait and then someone else is saying you have a trait and someone else says you have this trait, get over yourself, man. You got the trait. If people listen, I I mean, I I have a, a, a broadcast show here for a reason, right? I like talking. I know I like talking. I never used to think I talked too much, but there were enough bold and brave people around me who love me that says, Rick. Man, you talk too much. You need to learn to summarize it. And I had enough managers who would say, hey, you're great at what you do, but you're a little bit lengthy. You got to learn to get to the point. I even had a boss not too long ago who said to me, Rick, give me the so what? Like you're giving me all this stuff, but what's the so what? (laughs) Right. And it was just hearing that and finally getting to a place and going, man, I just love to run my mouth. I got to figure out how to do things different. 
Now I bullet point everything. My emails have bullet points in them. My bullet points have bullet points. I mean, I bullet point everything. Because I know if, if I can't say it in three to five words, and I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm just going to go down this path where I sound crazy. But how am I able to work on that? Real simple. Get over myself. When people, multiple people are telling me I have a particular trait, even if it's not the most pleasant or likable trait, you probably got the trait. Or you're doing something that projects that trait. You can splice words a million ways. If you're doing something that projects you got the trait, you got the trait. Yep, you got the trait. People around you know you got the trait. You just may be the only one that doesn't know you have the trait. So get over yourself. And listen when people are saying similar things about you in different settings, different people. There's some truth to it. It may not be the color they're painting, but you're supplying some paint. Trust me. Lastly, find good mentors. Surround yourself with good people. Right. So one, take a temperature check. There are people that care about you that you can trust, whether they're at work or not at work. Ask those people, how are you doing? And be willing to adjust. Two, get over yourself. If you're hearing different people, and these don't have to be the people that care about you, but if you're hearing in different places, different settings, a character trait about you, that's not exactly what you mean or you're trying to convey. Get over yourself. There's some truth to it. It may not be all true, but there's something you're doing that's causing that perception, that means you got some of it. Maybe not all of it. Maybe not at the degree that they're responding to you, but you got some of it. Got to get over yourself or you'll never change. You'll be blind to yourself, and that's the worst blindness to have. And then finally, surround yourself with wise people. Find good mentors, people that will uh, really be straightforward with you. And these are things that help you get over and get beyond the hurdle of those intangibles that really matter. Why do I say this? I've seen so many people who are extremely gifted and extremely talented in the workplace, and they don't move forward. They don't progress. They don't expand. They don't find meaning in what they do. And even if they're in a place where they love their job, eventually they, they rot on the vine and their career just goes nowhere. They disengage, unplug, and just get by in the workplace. Or they leave and hop from one place to another over and over again. Either way, those things occur because no matter how good they are at what they do, there are just some intangibles that outline how you look while you are doing the job that are more important than just being able to do the job. So think about these questions. Hopefully this has been helpful. I'd love for you to send me a note. If you like what I've said, if it makes sense, spout off. Tell me about it. If not, you disagree. I got big shoulders. We can only make this place better. So tell me that. Till then, Thanks to all the listeners out there. Really appreciate it. I see our listenership growing through Google Analytics. So continue to uh, pour in and let me know. Shoot me a note at Ari Witted at Twitter. Uh, 
facebook.com forward slash rawooded or you can email me at rick at rawooded.com tell me how this show is helping you thanks to our producer christian witted our all things media and operations sharvin witted couldn't do the show without you you're a great team till next week have a good one <laughs>